Good morning, friends. Today, Shay and I are coming to you live from the Agape Dome in beautiful South Texas. Good morning, Shay. Good morning. Shay and I woke up this morning and just began talking about some, uh, some things that were on our heart. We decided we'd put them on a uh, podcast and uh, see where it goes today. So are you up for it, Shay? I'm ready. All right. Well, something that we started talking about today is expectations in marriage. Tell tell me a little bit about your thoughts, Shay, about expectations. Wow. I hear you say what are your what talk a little bit about expectations in marriage and I'm just I my brain just freezes because that's just a broad a broad thing to look at. Well, I think uh what's interesting is yeah, it is broad. It's uh, I think expectations are huge, and I think that's kind of what we were talking about this morning was just how expectations in marriage can cause a lot of hurt and a lot of disappointment. Uh, sometimes the couple gets married and they think they're all on the same page, and and yet they have been raised in a home where certain expectations were were on the table, so to speak, and they were also the other partner of their new marriage was uh, raised in a home with differing expectations, perhaps, in their own home, their childhood home. And so before you know it, you know, after the newness of marriage wears off, you begin looking around and hoping for uh, the, the this new person you've married to actually fulfill your expectations. And then the sadness may come or the disappointments may come when they don't fulfill your expectations well I see what you're saying I I guess I'm trying to kind of go through that a little bit more um, because I see that you have expectations in yourself and what you think about your marriage but are you really putting more of your expectation in the other person than what you're really looking at at accomplishing true well and and i think that's kind of the whole gist of the discussion is talking about what happens when your expectations are really not supposed to be placed on the other person because just because you were raised in a certain home where it was expected like that certain things were done like males in the family did these things and females in the families did these things and then you get married and those expectations aren't even known or understood by the other person, then you come to them hoping all these things will happen the way you're used to, and then it doesn't happen that way. And so you're absolutely right when you say, are we really supposed to put those expectations on someone else? Probably not. But to kind of talk through that in a marriage is learning how to discuss what happens when my expectations aren't met. Well, I think if you put your expectations in someone else or in something else, you're always going to be disappointed. Okay. I mean, you're going to always wind. You're always going to wind up in a place of disappointment because you're placing your trust in something that is not perfect. You're placing your trust in something that is. Fallible. And and those are beautiful words. 
So let's make that real for maybe a couple or, or a part of a couple who's listening to this podcast. What do you do when, say, you're a wife and your expectation is that your husband be able to bring home enough money to actually live on, and yet he doesn't? What do you do with that expectation? I mean, because many couples could cut and run at that point, right? Sure. I think, well, that's a difficult question because I know that if you have dreams and hopes and then you are placing and that in somebody else, if you are placing your dreams and hopes in somebody else or if they are part of your hopes and your dreams for your future then you know you're going to wind up disappointed at some point but if it's you know sometimes there's minor disappointments and sometimes there's like major disappointments you know such as you know something about financial you know stability in your home you know say you have a husband that that doesn't work you know, or doesn't like to work. He wants to stay at home. And um, I think that's something we, I think that's something that we see a lot nowadays, you know, that's, you know, kind of role changing from the traditional, the husband goes out and works and the wife stays home with the kids. And there's more of an expectation where the wife go out and earn a living. And that could be a disappointment to a lot of wives and to not have that stability to be able to do that. So that's a difficult question. Um, I know that ultimately the best thing you can do is put your hope in God because God will never disappoint you. And to kind of stand on the firm belief, you know, that when God says, you know, I have a plan for your life and it's for you to prosper and to to not cause you harm, then that prosper may not be financial prosperity. It may be the prosperity of being able to to know that God has your back. Ultimately, God has your back, and that builds your faith. That's a lot of worth there. And that's a great way to put it. I think sometimes... And I guess now I'm going to speak to that person who may be in a situation similar to that, but have thought, has thought that maybe they should leave. You know, I got to get out of this situation because this is not what I think is right for me or my kids or for my future. And I think that is, that's an okay place to process through. You know, it's okay to say, I don't like it here. I'm not sure I want to be here. But then to come at some point hopefully and say but what if God is okay with me being here and I do have to do exactly what you just said that instead of worrying so much about where my dreams aren't being fulfilled I begin processing with God where my dreams are being fulfilled because it may be our past that dictates our expectations you know, if you, in this situation you just brought up, let's say you were a wife whose father always provided, 
very well. As a daughter, your father provided for your mother and for you and for your siblings. And your mom was a stay-at-home mom, and that was always your dream. And yet you've married a man who doesn't have that same dream. Sometimes processing through or working through our struggles with God and saying, you know, I don't understand why I can't be what I want to be here, but yet I've got a person who doesn't see it the same way I do. That's a hard, can also be a hurtful journey to go on to figure out where do I really fit in this process. And you may ultimately come around to the fact where you realize, you know, this is my my journey. I'm I'm going to keep working, and I and he and he doesn't have the same expectation. And so, therefore, I'm in this situation. How do I allow God to make the best of it? But I want to offer to folks that's a hard journey, but it can sometimes be a rewarding one because sometimes you come to the end and you realize, I can love this guy even though he doesn't have my same expectations. And even though my picture doesn't look like I really want it to. Well, and I think it's also at some point it's realizing that he has he also or she also has a picture and also has expectations and hopes. I mean, it may not be what you are seeing or what you're perceiving in that situation, but I think it's the realization that you are too individuals that have two individual hopes and dreams and and like you said backgrounds from the way you were raised so I think at some point it's important to just have communication sit down say you know what are your hopes and your dreams when you were you know 15 years old what did you see your future looking like you know what what did you see you doing in you know when you're 10 years down the road 15 years down the road even 25 years 30 years down the road where what was your picture like you know and if the person says wow I don't know because I can sit and say that I don't know for sure what my picture would be well when you did see a picture what does that picture look like absolutely and working through that together, because you're right, both people have expectations, and both people have pictures. I, what do you think is the, where do you think control comes into this picture? Because some people out there might be saying, but why can't I just tell my spouse how I need them to be? And they should be able to fulfill my expectations, right? Because they're supposed to be my help me. Well, they're supposed to be your help meet, but does a help meet mean that they're supposed to be there to meet your every need and to do everything you want and ask of them? I don't know that that's I don't know that that's realistic or reality or even what God intended when he said, you know, she will be your help meet or your spouse will be your help meet. I think that is more I think what what he was actually referring to I think actually what it is to be a helpmate and to be a helper would be to sometimes I mean just think about this okay 
I mean, I know that when you say, you know, to be a helpmate, it's like, you know, you automatically envision this person that's going to be there to meet your every need. But what if meeting your every need is sharpening your life and rubbing up against your hurt spots or your places that you're not so comfortable and that causes growth in your life? And that's an incredible way to start looking at it. That's probably not what most people believe when they hear what a helpmeet is supposed to be. I think uh, that is com is a complete turnaround from what most people hear. But I think you're absolutely right. I think I think being a helpmeet is sometimes referred to as well. You should help meet the needs that I need that I have: security, safety. Uh, you should be the one who meets my expectations for what I, I need in a relationship. But wouldn't it be fantastic to begin to try to realize that maybe it isn't all about trying to meet specific needs, but it's doing exactly what you just said, which is my job is to reflect back to you the things that will sharpen you to be able to understand the love of Christ more and to encourage your relationship with him, that that's helping to meet the need. You know, I think the church has done a, a good job and then sometimes a not-so-great job of explaining what it means to let go and let God. Or, well, you just need to put your whole faith in God. Or if your husband disappoints you, you just have to trust in God. I think all of those things are very true, but sometimes we don't walk through the emotions of that first to say, you know what, I do want to trust in God, but I'm still devastated that my spouse doesn't meet my needs. Or I still feel lonely because he doesn't show me the affection I require or I want. Or she doesn't show me the affection that I want. Or he doesn't do this for me or she doesn't do that for me. I think that can leave a person feeling empty and thinking that somehow if I don't get this fixed, then therefore we can't have a good marriage. But if you take it and you shine it in the light of what you just shared, wouldn't it be incredible for a marriage to begin to realize, and I mean a marriage, both folks, to realize my true relationship with this person is to know the, the love of God in a deeper way. My true realization in this marriage is to know that not all of my needs are going to be met, but that my needs can be met through Christ. And I mean really met. You know, love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't keep a record of wrong. I prefer the other way around. I prefer that you be patient and that you be kind and that you let me keep a record of wrongs because if I can keep that record, then therefore I can give it to you every once in a while and say, see all the places you're failing? And that, then hopefully you'll change. But that isn't what we're really trying to talk about here today. What we're really trying to say is, is that's absolutely not God's intention for marriage. It's to try to control someone into meeting your needs, but to acknowledge that they may never meet them, and yet you can love them just the same, and that actually shows you how the love of Christ really works. True. I was just... I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, as we're talking about this, you know, we started talking about uh, control and how 
you know, if you're not meeting my needs, then I'm going to sit there and I'm going to tell you how many times you're not meeting my needs or how you are not meeting my needs. But, you know, when you're talking about being a helpmeet also, it's not about what you're supposed to expect from another person. It's about that other person's gift to you, which is being your helpmeet. I mean, if if you were to tell me you expect me to, uh, you expect me to get up every morning and go and water the grass and then come in and and make breakfast, you know, you have these. Sounds good to me. You well, and I and I don't know. I mean, I know you. <laughs> anyway. Um, I couldn't come up with a better explanation, sorry, um, or example. I couldn't come up with a better example. But anyway, if you were to ask me to, um, oh, no, I've got a better one. Okay, if you were to ask me to uh, every evening after you get home from work to sit down and massage your feet and to put lotion on your feet, and that's just, an expectation and something you've always thought would happen, you know? Well, if you demand that and if you try to control that and, and make me do those things, you know, that's not going to be a gift. It's going to be something that I see as a duty. I think a lot of things that people look at in their marriage is duties. It's my responsibility. It's my duty. It's not a gift, you know? And so I think, you know, the thing about marriage is it's not always looking at what you expect from somebody else. And I know I said this a while ago. It's it's what also to look at the other person, you know, and to allow them to to be unique, to be used of God uniquely, and allow God to use you uniquely in the life of your spouse. And in your, the life of others, you know, to to focus more on what you are supposed to do and your responsibility and how you can show Christ, you know, through your daily life. And that would lower your expectations, which I think in turn would would take away those disappointments. You know, if you're saying, God, how can I be used of you? How can I be a better helpmate? You know, in spite of whether I'm getting my needs met, how can I be a better helpmate? That takes the focus off of the other person and puts it more in your relationship with Christ. Absolutely. I think that's great. I mean, it's like, it is trying to stop look at stop looking at what is he doing what is she doing for me and beginning to look at what what can I do period you know not necessarily being a doer we talk a lot of times about being a being a doer being a performer doing it and it won't last very long if you do it out of just performance oh well I'm going to do this great thing because it will make her happy but after a while it'll feel like a chore you know 
but if you really want to do it because you want to show her or show him the love of Christ, then it's not as much of a chore. But, you know, that's like saying, you know, how do I love better? Well, we don't really know how to do that, in my opinion. I just put it out as sometimes I have to ask the Lord to help me to want to want to. You know, because sometimes you can be in a situation in a marriage where you feel like you're getting very little and the other person seems to be getting more than you get. And so you can get angry and bitter. And that's when you do have to take that to God and say, you know, how do I love this person better? How do I see them through your eyes? How do I love them better than what I feel like I'm getting? And help me to want to want to. You know, because a lot of times I think that's what leads to to more separation is because you finally say, well, forget it. If she's not going to do this or if he's not going to do that, then I'm not going to do it either. And then before you know it, you're on this, you know, opposite sides of the of the, the house kind of thing. Well, I'm going to do my thing and you do your thing and I'm, I don't need you. I'll make I'll meet my need, my own needs the way I want to meet them. And that's a dangerous place, and I absolutely think that God does not want us to do that. I think he says, you, you, I want you to still love even though you don't see love. I want you to continue to press in even though you don't see pressing in. Because you may not see it, but it doesn't mean it's not happening. Well, I think we've just about covered everything. But the question is, is are we out of time, or do we... How much time do we need to do? So let me ask you a question, Shay. Let's talk to that. So let me ask you a question, Shay. Let's Let's talk to that person out there now who's saying, you know what, this is all good and fine, but you don't understand what I lived with. You don't understand that so-and-so, whether it's my wife or my husband, they don't meet any of my needs, and I'm, I'm up to here with it, and I don't know what else to do, and I'm looking to get out. What would you say to that person? I guess I would start off by asking them to think about you know, I always have I have a my my radar kind of does a little bleep when I hear they never or they always do something. And so whenever I hear somebody say use those words ever or never or always, I always want to say, you know, are you sure that they never meet your needs? And I and I would challenge them to look at their life and to look at ways that their spouse does meet their needs. Because sometimes if, you know, if we're always looking at what the spouse doesn't do, we never see what they do. And so I think that kind of tailspins as far as just being disappointed, you know. You just, you always are looking for how they're not meeting your needs. And so I think it's important to look at that. And I think I would also say that it's important to 
to kind of have them look at how they are meeting the needs of their spouse. Um, I think that kind of puts in perspective what they're actually expecting of their spouse. I mean, I would, I think that looking at what their expectations are and seeing if they're really reasonable because, you know, looking at what their expectations are and and maybe measuring them in the light of Christ. I mean, all expectations can be real. We're not trying to take from anybody out there that if you had a dream of being a stay-at-home mom or you had a dream of a husband whose wife, you know, um, stayed at home and took care of the kids and fixed you your meals and enjoyed you in the evening and rubbed your feet. If All those great things are great expectations. There's nothing wrong with those expectations. So it's not necessarily that any of these things are wrong, but I think maybe what you're trying to say is, is it would be a great challenge to put back on to this person who's saying nothing's good and he never and ever and she never ever is to challenge them to to take maybe six months even and say, okay, for six months, I'm not going to look at what he or she never does. I'm going to look at what I think God's calling me to do for this person for six months and then to ask the Lord to help show me, to help show me how to love this person as he loves them. Well, and I think also in those six months, it's also... To, to see how the spouse is meeting your needs. Right. You know, to change that always. Because, I mean, it goes back to that loving well. You know, if you're keeping records of wrongs, which is, he's not meeting my needs, she's not meeting my needs, this person is not meeting what I expect for them to do for me or for themselves or whatever the case may be, that is keeping a record of a wrong, you know, which to me, I'm always talking about the root of bitterness, you know, if you're not loving well and if you're holding a record of wrongs, you know, guess what, that is where the root of bitterness starts, if you're holding records of wrongs, that's a grudge, that's a root, that's a bitterness, and anytime you have bitterness in your life, you're not going to be able to see the good things, you know. So in that six-month challenge, it would also be to not only how can I meet the, the needs of my spouse, but also how can I see how my spouse is loving me and meeting my needs. Absolutely. So hopefully if there's some listeners out there in that situation right now, hopefully they'll take that challenge and we appreciate you joining us this morning, and we, uh, we we hope that the words that God's given us to share today will be helpful for you all as well. And just for the record, I do like having my feet rubbed, and yet I want the listeners to know that last night I was the one who rubbed. Shay got a foot rub last night, so uh, we thank you, Lord. For <laughs> I guess he's going to get the last word. 
Um, he will tell you, though, that uh, just prior to that, I was the one that did the foot rubbing first. And uh, so. So this is how we're going to end today. Because guess what? None of us have it perfectly, but we thank the, we thank you for listening, and we just offer up whatever words were spoken here. We pray, Jesus, that you uh, use them in whatever way you'd like to use them to benefit those who are listening. Thanks. And that you always see truth. And that you always see truth. Thanks for listening.